0: Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited for this because we're talking about a deck that we have avoided talking about for so long because we didn't like Alistair Crowley. I mean, we still don't. So we still don't. But now we love the deck.
1: Yeah, exactly. be prepared. We're going to have thoughts. But thoughts. But we're going to have good. Stuff. I think the thoughts about the deck specifically will outweigh anything else
0: exactly exactly so as before we are doing a big reading for a wildling so we can walk through reading strategies together and then we're going to review a deck that was in our book that we have not yet reviewed so today is the toth tarot by alistair crowley and lady freudy harris our uh beloved beloved jesus chutney which was her (laughs) actual pseudonym not for the deck but for other stuff and you know i'm just obsessed with this woman i just can't get enough of her
1: like I just like I just refreshed my mind about the deck before recording this episode and it still makes me laugh because I forget that her pseudonym was Jesus Chutney until I read it and it's just like brand new all over again and I get a giggle fit every single time. It's
0: just the most amazing pseudonym of all time.
1: Yes. And I'm not saying Jesus H. Christ anymore, it's gonna be Jesus H. Chutney. That's... Jesus Chutney. Jesus Chutney. <laughs> Jesus Chutney help me. We're like, who's
0: Jesus Chutney? Like, you don't need to know. It's a deep cut for uh, specifically (laughs) the wildly tarot listening population. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) But anyway, we're going to start with a reading for our friend Logan. And we thought, even though we did two different variations of Celtic crosses uh, for the last two versions of this for summer camp, we thought we would do something a little bit different and use uh, Kim from Fables Den's spread machine card deck. It's an oracle deck and a spread machine deck. Uh, to create a spread for Logan Because he wants something sort of general And then we can both utilize This really, really awesome spread machine deck And also do a reading for our beloved Logan
1: Yes, love it, love it, love it And yes. I have a very small desk today So I'll be using the SKT tiles with, uh, with Which is a collaboration between Benabelle and Jamie Sawyer Yes So if you hear This is a shuffle A lot of clanking Clonk it me
0: you know, it's just like some additional texture to the podcast, right? Like, we're just adding some like great Foley work.
1: <laughs> I've noticed how loud this will be on the podcast. It may I just know, not even register at I'm all. I'm sure
0: it'll be pretty quiet because I'm pretty sure that our mics are designed to like tune out some
1: noise. Some out, yeah, outside noise. Yeah. Probably
0: not that since it does get shuffling. But anyway, so how many cards do we want to pull for Logan?
1: Um let's five? Yeah, yeah, so five, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. Do five. And we'll start with five and see what it pops up, and then we can always like do the other quest slash advice slash whatever other stuff. So is there. the cool
0: thing about the spread machine oracle is that it is designed for you to either just pull a card from or to create a spread through. Yes. I have the hiccups. Just had too much coffee at once. Um <laughs> so But the reason that I brought that up is because we are going to pull five as our starting place for the spread for Logan, but we can reorder it to make it make a little bit more sense if it feels like it's in kind of a weird order. We can lump stuff together because, as we've said several times in the last couple of weeks, there really aren't any rules for this.
1: Absolutely not. (laughs) And if there are rules, it's okay to break them.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're not hurting anybody.
1: No. All right, so...
0: I'm pulling five, and then we'll talk about all of them, okay. and we can reorder them if needed. Okay, so for the five cards for Logan, I pulled Compromise, okay, Release, uh-huh. Support, Solve, and Universe. So I think the better order for this okay. would be Universe, okay. Support, Solve, Release and compromise okay or actually universe maybe universe solve support release and compromise solve
1: report solve support release compromise okay i'm
0: gonna write it down too so i can put these cards away we have limited table space when we're using mics right
1: yep solve support release compromise Okie dokie. Awesome. So this
0: is kind of why I like this deck so much because it's just so perfect. Like this is a perfectly great general reading spread about something that basically like universe can be sort of like, it'll end up being kind of a more spiritual reading, I guess for Logan, because the universe will bring in some of that like sort of big picture energy. Then we go into problem solving and supporting that growth, releasing anything that's holding you back. And then an area of compromise where you can't totally release it but maybe spend some more time addressing it. Okay. Cool. I'm so okay. stoked about this. Yeah. Great plan. All right. So now we're just going to use regular tarot cards. I am using the Spanish edition of Antique
1: Anatomy. <laughs> you moved upstairs. So she has a lot more access to <laughs> yeah. different versions of Antique Anatomy.
0: Exactly. I have my entire Antique Anatomy library. Cool. So what deck are you using? Oh, you already said. Yeah. The yeah, The SQT. C- Tiles. Spirit keepers.
1: Spirit yes. keepers. keepers, Yep.
0: All right. So let's start with universe, and we'll each just pull one card for this. Mm hmm. She says skeptically.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. says uh-huh. Esther with a little smirk. I'm like, okay, sure, well, we're Holly. not in the Celtic Cross, so I'm sure she's not going to adhere to the Celtic Cross. Oh, that's true. I don't have rules. to follow Celtic Cross rules.
0: <laughs> I like that we have this whole grand plan of like really getting comfortable with the Celtic Cross by using it four times over summer camp, and then we did it once before once, moving on to the. And a they were like, variation. you know
1: what? We're still not a fan. Of the yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> All right, Logan. Logan's universe. That sounds like a '90s TV show. Oh, it does. Jimmy Neutron,
1: Logan's universe.
0: <laughs> Queen of Cups.
1: I got the Apocalypse, which is technically the um, Judgment card. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, Judgment, which is also his card in Pocket of Peers. Oh, yeah.
0: So I like that because it's kind of, with the addition of Queen of Cups and Judgment, it feels like that makes sense that Mm -hmm. sort of the spread machine would create a spread about his sort of spiritual life. Yeah. Because if right now he's sort of trying to figure out the ways for him to be sort of like the most emotionally aware version of himself, the most like confident and Mm self-aware person, then that I like that a lot for this position.
1: Well, especially when in Pocket of peers it's renamed The Awakening and this is like a new sort of venture, it seems like, into, yeah, some, especially the Queen of Cups, th- some depth that's being, and growth that's being asked of them. Yeah. So, that's what I, that's what I kind of like feel from this, that the universe is like ushering in this new aeon, this new thing. You okay?
0: I just am banging into shit a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I need it's to okay. stop. It's okay. I need to stop. Uh, Yeah, it it does seem kind of like the judgment makes the Queen of Cups feel more like a beginning rather than like a culmination, like sort of starting off on this like understanding of your place in the world almost. And Mm -hmm. especially in the position of universe, it's saying like, are you responding in the most evolved, loving way to calls for change within your universe? Yeah. Okay, so then moving on to Solve. And so each of the spread machine cards does have a little, like, paragraph about what that word means. So for solve, it says, to find an answer or a solution to a problem, to work something out, or to untangle a riddle. So maybe one of the reasons that this spread came up is because the solving is an area of growth of, like, what should Logan be focusing on adjusting and solving within this sort of, like, pathway of the judgment. Okay. What does Sota mean, do you think? Is that page? Probably.
1: Yeah, yes. Is it a small head or a big head, a medium sized head? Oh,
0: good idea. Yes. That's the beauty of Claire. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be the page. It's yeah, a yeah, that's small page. Head. That's
1: page. Definitely page. Yeah.
0: So normally I would keep shuffling when I get jumpers, but my jumpers were Justice again and the Page of Cups. I which... had Judgment just so Justice. Oh, right.
1: Oh, and this is Judgment. I don't is that know. Just Spanish.
0: Spanish? What am I what is that's the Oh, that is judgment.
1: Card. Yeah, that is judgment. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: God. <laughs> for some reason, even though I took Spanish in high school, the French deck is easier for me to use than the Spanish deck. <laughs> but because it's it's judgment and right. the page of cups, it seems reflective of the universe stuff. So I thought that might be interesting to bring forward with us. So I did lie when I said one card yeah, per. T- but what did
1: you pull? <laughs> I is pulled one surprised at all. No. I pull the nine of wands. So I think oh. solving that balance of perhaps your real world life and existence of this nine of wands yeah. and what you're being asked to do from the universe. No, it's the, wait, you got oh. the nine of wands? Yeah. The nine of wands.
0: Yeah. Nine. nine. Oh, nine. Okay. I
1: thought you said knight. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. The nine. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I think that that makes a lot of sense then, because it does feel like if the judgment is sort of that you have been hearing this call, Mm -hmm. but the page of cups is in this sort of mindset of like a little bit more earthly and not as cerebral almost. Right. Because there's like tasks to be done. You're sort of at the beginning of this journey, blah, 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 blah. You're being called to sort of like release the exhaustion and resilience you've needed to feel by the sort of like lower level page stuff in mm-hmm. a, in an effort to ascend to a more like queen level of understanding and emotional intelligence
1: well i also kind of see this as they have battled their entire life or this yeah, you know with to get to this point to get to this point and it's asking them to re- kind of i don't want to say like release because we already have that later that's a
0: different position yeah
1: but to like to solve this problem that needs to be like us you need to ascend beyond that like that's like leave that in the past sort of feeling to me well
0: do you want let's swap the release and support positions then why don't we talk about release next okay kind of came up yeah and then we can go into support because I i think you're totally right i like that interpretation a lot
1: yeah okay so release
0: so release comes next and the release card says to let go to say goodbye to set free to leave to move on and move forward so this is going to be about kind of like what to release in order to answer the call of that judgment card that's now come up twice
1: <laughs> what did you get? I got death. I got the hierophant. Ooh,
0: I think she. I think that Logan needs to. I just, yeah, I think Logan needs to fully, fully stop looking to others for any sort of teaching. I think he needs to strike out fully on his own. Be his yeah, I, yeah, I.
1: Yeah, I. And and not necessarily that he's not being his own hierophant or anything like that, but just. You're not gonna find what you need in the the, bo- the bosoms of others. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. And as much as we try, as much as we try to smother you <laughs> with looking at us and being us be your gurus, but
0: I, like I, I don't think it's us. That is very I, flattering, but
1: it's definitely not. That us. is very sarcastic. I feel like <laughs> I'm like, please no that sarcasm. Um, but that perhaps. The release is of not necessarily, like, not only others being the Hierophant and that he needs to accept the the being his own Hierophant in essence, but also perhaps there's more of a hierophant role he should consider.
0: Be playing, yeah, totally, to others. Which I think makes a lot of sense, like, given... Uh, Logan's context of having kind of a similar background to you, like being part right. of a religious organization that was very cult-like, right uh, and then realizing that it wasn't going to work and coming out of that and sort of like burning down the gods almost like there's mm-hmm. that sort of like hierophant killing that has to happen when you're leaving an abusive religious situation. Right. And so then there's sort of a resistance to generally the idea of somebody being able to like be the boss of you in whatever Mm -hmm. way or help you learn like all it kind of vacillates farther other direction so then the death and kind of like final killing of the idea that somebody else has the answers but then also stepping into a role where you have the answers for others in some way yeah Yeah. especially with that transition from the page of cups to the queen of cups it's like Mm -hmm. logan has the lovingness in order to like help people go through similar transformations. And he does write some answers and the queen is more willing to let people come to them for those answers than a page could be like a right. page can't do that. They're too young and early in the process, mm-hmm. but a queen can be that nurturing person that people come to for aid in some ways. Yeah. And the resiliency that's had to come through the solving, like when they came out with the solving position, with the nine of wands is like putting down the idea that you're so early in this process and maybe accepting that you can transition into being this resource for others.
1: Right. And also not letting that past trauma define you from this point forward either. Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that was definitely like a significant part of your life, but it no longer, it no longer has a hold on you. And no longer
0: is. Yeah, exactly. There's so like now, I mean, since Logan's our friend, we know that like when, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses come to him or text him or whatever, he's able to set really good boundaries with them in a way that when he had just left, he wouldn't have been able to do. But Mm -hmm. saying like, you have no place for like, you have no place in my life Mm -hmm. and you need to stop contacting me says you're ready for that next step where you're not the young page anymore. Just like trying to make do and create a life. You're like ready to step into that next role. Yeah. I love it. So then what can we do? What can he do to support that or to hold space for that upward trajectory?
1: Great at talking. Oh, excellently pulled two.
0: Yay. Hooray for Esther. All right. I got the knight of wands.
1: Oh, I got the Ace of Pentacles. Well, I was like looking at this, like, what is this orb? I know what orb is. It's a <laughs> pentacle. Um, I got the Ace of Pentacles and the Knight of Swords. So two knights in this. Wow. Yeah, that makes it feel like there's a
0: lot of mm-hmm. like, like pushing forward. That I mean, this yes. makes sense. Having two Moving knights, forward. it's interesting though. This is interesting to me. Okay. The solve, the problem to be solved has a page of cups. Then yes. there are two knights that are not related to cups No, that are in the, su- like, how to support this progress. And mm-hmm. then the universe, like, the ultimate goal is the queen of cups. Right. So that's really interesting because it's saying, like, what you have been doing is not enough to get, or will not be the thing that gets you to that next stage. You have to try different modalities. Yeah. And the different modalities are kind of back into sort of the terrestrial world of action. Like, yes. you're doing things, you're creating tangible things, and that will be, and pushing forward in those ways mm-hmm. with the Queen of Wands, and the or sorry, with the Knight of Wands and the Knight of Swords. And then the Ace of Pentacles is saying, like, maybe this is something totally new. Like, there's something yeah. totally new that you can sort of be the champion of. Like, knights are the champions of things, mm-hmm. especially the Knight of Wands. The Knight of Swords yeah. is a little bit more crazy, but yeah. <laughs> whatever. Um <laughs>
1: He said and more so, mouthy. So a little
0: bit more mouthy. Yeah. A little bit more like, you know, just moving. But then there's yeah. also that fieriness and that kind of like m- a little bit more stability that happens with the knight of wands where there is, even though the, the knight of wands isn't as stable as the knight of pentacles, there's still mm-hmm. a lot more stable than the
1: knight, yes. than the knight of swords. Than poor knight of swords. Yeah. I know. He's just like a busy guy. Yeah, he just wants to get stuff done, and he doesn't care who kind of cuts down. The meanwhile, but that also may be a good thing to propel you, yeah, to, out of this sort of like feeling that you're kind. Because of, to me, even the nine of the nine of wands, which is what I'm kind of basing like this transition feeling with, that nine of wands sort of feels like you know you've you've been through so much and you're at this point of like oh the exhaustion you yeah. need that night energy that to spark. propel you out of there
0: yeah and the spark of a of an ace of pentacles uh-huh. being like yeah. here's this new opportunity that'll help you get out of cuz I, I i mean honestly in some ways i think of like especially cups i mean yeah. it's just me but i feel like cups are so internal and uh, so having the ultimate goal still be internal, but the action to get there be so outside of yourself yeah. with the wands and even the swords, because the swords are sort of expressing things to others. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like there's a lot of space for using that knight energy and that ace of pentacles energy to find something new that really gets a fire lit under your ass so that you can be out there for other people more and kind of ascend to this queen energy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay, so then lastly is compromise. So I think, let's talk about this a little bit. So compromising okay. is, is interesting in this context because I think it's going to be something that, may, or maybe we should have it intentionate into okay. being something that is just an area that needs some more nuance assessment So rather than saying this is the compromise you need to make, more like this is an area in which you may need to compromise. And then that would be a more helpful card pull for it. Card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try that out. Shit, are we going to have to start using the goddamn spread machine in every single episode? I love this. Isn't it fun? It's so great. Kim. You're amazing. All right. So an area of compromise for Logan.
1: All right. I got the six of swords. Okay. And I got the page of wands, which in SKT, all the pages have a message to deliver. So you're supposed to draw one more card. So that message is the four of wands. Four of
0: wands. Interesting. So the area of compromise is probably going to be about if you,
1: like, move. Finding like if you... happiness. Yeah. In moving. Or yeah. transitioning. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which I think it could make sense, like, if you've been considering a move or considering, Mm -hmm. like, maybe we'd be happier if we were in a different area, that Mm -hmm. might be an area of compromise. You might need to stay put to be the person that you need to become or, like, assess who you need to become and maybe that would then allow for moving. But I think that that's interesting with the Four of Wands and the Six of Swords, because there's that element of leaving and an element of returning in celebration. Yeah. I mean, the Four of Wands is less returning in celebration than the Six of Wands, but there's still like sort of like a celebratory home base versus leaving. And the Six of Swords, even though it's so empowering to make that decision, there's also a little bit of solitude in that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just that compromise of considering where you're at now, what your goals are, and what will make you happy at the
0: end of the day. Exactly. All right, well, let's pull a couple of... So there are a couple of expansion packs for Spread Machine. Um, There's the Change Spread Machine expansion pack, but then also the Quest one. I wonder if maybe the... The Change deck is a lot of... Or it involves a lot of, like, shadow work sorts of things. Right. And also has calls to action, so let's use this one. Okay. And I'll just pull maybe three card positions and then we'll pull more tarot cards for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this you is just sort happens. of like
0: about this additional insight into this shift to reach sort of the universal energy goal of yeah. the um, Queen of Cups and Judgment. All right. We got Champion. Legacy and justice. Okay. Okay. So champion says to advocate, support, defend, empower, to stand by something with commitment and conviction. So this is like something he should be championing. Okay. Justice is consequence, vengeance, law, order, protection, immunity, legitimacy, falsehood, truth, fairness, punishment, and karma. And that's a flat. So the champion is the call to action. Justice is a flex card, and the flex cards are... Nope, that's the wrong thing. Where did I... Oh, there it is. I put it right in front of me and already lost it. (laughs) So flex cards are overarching concepts that govern our worldview and can shift depending on the context and relationship. And legacy is also a flex card, and that says history, culture, stories, impact, birthright, advancement, future, utopia, dystopia, inspiration, and butterfly effect. So, I think that probably doing justice and legacy first and then mm-hmm. champion because that's sort of the at call to action would be right. Helpful. Okay. So, mm. justice.
1: Justice. Justice. Oh my goodness. Justice. Legacy.
0: Champion. So the legacy will probably end up sort of expanding upon that universe. Like, yeah, from earlier. Probably. All right. So consequences or whatever, sort of like larger issues would be the justice, larger issues of legitimacy. So these are, there's just going to be things for Logan to be considering as he moves through this period of his life. Yeah. Rather than us solving it. Cause that's what the flex position seems to be. Just like, think about this. <laughs> All right. So what did you get? I got the Eight of Swords. Okay. And I got the Hermit. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. So Eight of Swords paired with Hermit is very much like alone time to think.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's kind of self-entrapment and self, like, Hermiting away.
0: Yeah. Like, you're making a decision to do this. Mm-hmm. To be isolated in that way. All right. Yeah. So Legacy how we're impacting others.
1: Oh, I got the 10 of pentacles. Okay, just like I haven't. And I got the six of wands.
0: Oh, that's, that's so a... celebratory.
1: Yeah. So maybe the feeling that they have about themselves is this Hermity trapped feeling, but I'll, others see him is very different.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then champion, which is your call to action, some advocacy stuff. Maybe, like, what to advocate for or with. And I got the
1: Seven of Swords. And I got the Emperor.
0: Oh, interesting. I like that, though, because, like we talked about earlier, there's this sort of, like, element of rules being broken and, like, Mm -hmm. who is in charge of the things that you do when you leave sort of, like, a cult-like religious organization. Right. And so having it be something where there's conflict about... Structure and structure, yeah. yeah. Like, that's where you can champion things is like making people feel empowered to not feel hemmed in by that emperor, right? Or being being that rogue, yeah. Oh, rogue,
1: perfect, yeah. That's exactly it, yeah. Being that rogue in the face of an empire that seems insurmountable, exactly,
0: exactly, and empowering other people to do it, perfect. Man, spread machine really pulling through, huh? That is yeah, a great, fun. great, tool. Yeah. If you would like your own spread machine, you can get them on the Fables Done website and we'll link it in the show notes. Yep,
1: totally. That was and, fun.
0: Yeah, super good. We love, love, love our Kim. She's a wonderful creator and so sweet and kind. So good. Love it. Awesome. So let's get these put away. And then we can start talking about... Toth Tarot, Toth Toth Tarot. tarot. I think that, you know, when giving it more consideration, I think that Lady Frida Harris's marriage must have been pretty similar to mine.
1: Like, oh, she yeah? has this
0: sort of, like, bureaucratic uh, politician husband who just was, uh-huh. like, really cool with her doing whatever the fuck she wanted. <laughs> and I get that. Because uh-huh. I also have a husband who's, like, very rational and does something so unrelated to this stuff. But he's like, sure, you can have a tarot podcast and write just a book. Just whatever you want to so, do. Oh. Yeah, whatever If that's what makes you, you happy, do. that's fine. And meanwhile, yeah. poor Lady, Lady Frida was, like, giving... Alistair Crowley, money. So at least I'm not that far.
1: I know that's true. You don't have any b- benefactors yet. I could use a benefactor for me,
0: but I am for not you. the benefactor of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine this man? I mean, okay, we need to start talking about Toth in a rational way, not a rational way. way, not in a yeah, way. yeah, yeah. So there are a lot of good podcasts about okay, Alistair
1: Crowley. Maybe we should set a timer to talk about Crowley. And then after that timer goes off, we don't talk about him for the rest of the podcast. Okay. Yeah. That's a great idea.
0: And actually, you know what we can even do? Alistair Crowley. Okay. So we're talking about the Toe Tarot, which Alistair Crowley is the creator of. He was not the artist for it. So our book, which is about the art history of Tarot, focuses much more on the creator, the artist behind it. Lady Frida Harris, who everyone just calls Lady Frida. We call her Lady Frida throughout that chapter. Um, and so it's not a disrespect thing. That's just what no. everyone called her. And it's actually a form of endearment because we love her a lot. We do. Um, so Alistair Crowley as the creator, ha- Alistair Crowley was a complete piece of shit. He was abusive. He was anti-Semitic. He was racist. He was a misogynist. He also had a lot of people who to this day think that he was a really brilliant esoteric mind. Yes. Those things are all true. He is both a piece of shit and also a has a huge following of people who think he was a brilliant, esoteric mind. Yes. We, as people who would have been much hated by this man... Yes, yes. Uh, ...have really strong opinions about how garbage he was. And it took us a very long time to even feel comfortable talking about him at all because he's really garbage.
1: yeah. I mean, it was very difficult for me to write the chapter because you don't want to like in who we are as people, we never want to glorify a garbage person exactly. and magnify their message at all because, you know, he we, we don't want to be, he doesn't deserve it. But in focusing on the art, we pivoted not only in the Lady Freya chapter and other chapters as well to the artist yeah. because
0: the their stories are
1: cool. Their stories are, first of all, much better. Much than, more interesting. Much more interesting, as well as the art is really what elevates the message behind the cards. Right. So I, if you want to learn more
0: about Aleister Crowley, whether you listen to Last Podcast on the Left or not, their Aleister Crowley series, and I don't, I'm not like mm-hmm. a listener of Last Podcast on the Left, but their Aleister Crowley series was excellent. Yes. So if you're curious about this guy, if you want more clarity about why we hate him so much, that is the place to go. Yes. Uh, like, yeah. He's also, like, both he's a piece of shit and also his legacy is like, oh my God, this house on, a lo- on Loch Ness is yes. so evil. It's the <laughs> epicenter of evilness. And it's just like, dude, you are both a ridiculous person and have a legacy that is just, like, way overblown. But anyway. Yeah. That's the last thing we're going to say about Aleister Crowley. Yeah. Actually, one more thing. One more thing. There are a lot of primary sources of the letters that Lady Frida Harris sent to Aleister Crowley during the uh, creation of the deck. Yes. So those are all available online. We use that as a source for a lot of this chapter because they're really cool. It's super awesome to see her words. And so thank you, Aleister Crowley, for saving your letters Uh that were written by this woman who really created your deck. He yeah. had very strong opinions about some components of the deck and said really mean things to her and about her, about how she was, like, too simple-minded to understand uh-huh. his greatness. But there were other cards that he did not have strong opinions about, and that those are the ones that Lady Frida Harris was able to really have a lot of influence over. Right. And so that's the thing that's more interesting to us.
1: Yes. Um, I will say on the front end as well that he... Did not control her paintbrush. Right, her art was established Hers. before he came into the into the picture. Exactly, and I want and I want to be. I'm like so like like shaking saying that, but people feel like. Oh, he, you he know, he's the artist. Her. Yeah. She, it was already pre established that she already had a vision and an art form before he came into yeah. the picture. So he and had to do You know what? We've already
0: reviewed it. RWS decks and the uh, the uh, Pamela Coleman Smith book. So we haven't oh, right. had a chance to talk about that either. But it's the exact same thing where people right. in the 20th century have put all of the emphasis on the creators, these men art directing their artists when the reality is that both of those women, Pixie Smith and also Frida Harris, had established artistic Mm -hmm. voices, if that's what they call it, artistic styles, before these men came into their life. Yes. So I think that that is also one of the things that transitioned my feelings about the Toth Deck because I realized... Her art was already there. Her art is pretty. Yes. And its association with Alistair Crowley is not something that I need to be, since it is a deal breaker, or not a deal breaker for me, obviously, anymore, but since it had previously been more right. of a deal breaker, I never really wanted the Toth deck uh-huh. because I was like, eh, I don't really want it. And Why then, do I support Crowley? Tea, I guess we aren't done talking about Alistair Crowley anymore. Alistair Crowley started or didn't start. Alistair Crowley was a big wig in OTO, which is the right. existing religious organization. They own the rights to uh-huh. Toth Tarot.
1: Right. Um,
0: they did not grant us the rights to use their images without getting approval on the chapter about the deck, which we were unwilling to compromise on. Yes. So all of the images from that book were from other sources, not from... Uh, the like just standalone images from OTO, but I think that that goes to show the legacy of Aleister Crowley of people still wanting him to be this like demigod almost uh-huh. of wisdom and light. And sure, he may have had a Jewish assistant that he beat up and called anti Semitic names all the time. Sure, somebody may have died after he made them subsist on a diet of just human feces and blood. That wasn't his fault, like all of that stuff. People are willing to overlook that because of his mm-hmm. greatness in the metaphysical realm, but we're not. No. And we were unwilling to take that stuff. I mean, we don't mention the fees. We don't the mention, book.
1: yeah. <laughs> we, we <laughs> do, we, like, I think we were still very respectful. Yeah, but we, we were, were very We didn't honest. tear him apart. We're tearing him apart no. now because we yeah, can hate guy. That it's that a, pod- it's but, a podcast. Yeah. We're not having an editor being like, wow, y'all need to chill the fuck out. Because Although I think my first draft. Our editor would not have said that to us either because she, she loved it when we'd was... get ranty. Our she editor did. would be like, more of this, please. But I feel like our my first chapter, like she was like, wow, Esther, you are going we off on this God. dude.
0: I know, but I, I mean, I guess all of it, is, so whether or not you like, I mean, people who still follow Crowley, I'm not like calling you a racist or something. No, I'm just saying he was a complicated, complicated man and way too much of the emphasis on the Toth Tarot comes down to him and i don't think that's fair
1: no no
0: so read our chapter in the book because we talk way more about the letters back and forth we talk way more about like what lady for was up to but basically she was married to a politician they had sons together um she was like just kind of a socialite wife and then she got really interested in the metaphysical and all of these sort of mathematical concepts and she got kind of involved with the like literati of pre-World War II London.
1: Well, and it's so interesting is like, we're still struggling with ageism in our modern day time, but she was 60s, she was in her 60s when she did Toth. Yeah. Like, you know. She was most, not a young, glamorous not, woman. No, not at all. You know, and she was creating this deck at the height of World War II when resources were not there for her to do this deck. And yet she still persevered and got this done.
0: She was literally, bombs were dropping around her. She was, like, painting this deck during the Blitz of London. Like, yeah, think about the energy that, like, I mean, and all this is very woo-woo, which we don't tend to go into. But imagine... Right the energy that's being put into your artwork when you're creating it during like a literal emergency world mm-hmm. war situation. Yeah. Like I'm 100% sure that post pandemic art is going to feel the same way to us where we're like, wow, there's some really serious. Evocative happening stuff.
1: Yeah. But it's
0: just like when there's a international crisis and you're still creating art because it's the only way you know how to live
1: Mm -hmm. That is
0: really something. And I think that that's like something that's so special about her. And meanwhile, she was sending letters to Aleister Crowley, and he'd be like, hey, can you send me some more money? And at one point in one of her letters, she's fully like, no, I cannot send you any more money. Uh Like, we're all in this world war together. Where do you think that I'm getting all this money from? I know. Ugh. But it's just so interesting because yeah. she, yeah, there was just so much energetically going on while she was doing this. And she was in her 60s. Like, she was an established yeah. person with hobbies and friends. She did this because she loved it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even something that she was compensated for. No. No. I guess, oh, God, what, I don't want to talk about Alistair Crowley anymore. But one other thing to note is that she did not feel as enraged by him. She loved No. Him. Yeah, and in she fact, did. when he died, she was the person who was in charge of exec- ex- executing his will. Mm-hmm. So when in throughout their lives, they maintained friendship and love for one another in some way, shape, or form. Even though he is documented as saying terrible things about her regularly, including right. when the decks were released, but they maintained some sort of connection. So her her art would not have been filled as, with as much
1: frustration with him as right. us talking about him is. Yes, totally. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway. Be- yeah, because he, to her, was sort of a guru for many, many, yeah. many, many years. Yeah, to- years. Yes. E- yeah, years. And so, like, she, she really did adore him, even though he would be cold to her or ignore her for a long time she was still a constant friend to him and he would come back around and so it was a bit hot and cold between them but she, they were there was like you said a semblance of friendship constantly or like, there. maybe
0: even deeper than that maybe it's like not yeah. even friendship it's just like that sort of like familial
1: adoration un,
0: unavoidable sort of thing yeah where like the boundaries can't exist in some mm-hmm. ways yeah um but yeah, so the chapter has a lot more about sort of that relationship. But um, where am I? I am just get so ranty that I lost my, lost my train of <laughs> thoughts. Okay, so brief. So I, the version that I, so there's basically only one version because the art is still owned by OTO. Yes. So I, because I was so mad at them for not, just letting us use their art. I uh-huh. got a used version from I think a Wildling sent me a used version.
1: Oh yeah. I yeah, was like, yeah. I
0: will not spend a dollar on
1: this. Well, it's so it's <laughs> so interesting to me because um they paid for the restoration of the originals, but all of the cards are still printed with the photographs from, you know, ages and ages ago. Like there's been no st- like attempt to release the deck again in the restored fashion and maybe that's that's a plan for later but they've already they finished the restoration i think in you know right before the pandemic started or something yeah yeah i forget when it was but yeah it was but it was just like it but it's but they're still using like very old photographs that aren't detailed and that the coloring isn't correct it isn't like that lush and stuff yeah yeah so that I mean, was, that's interesting to me. Like, if you cared about Crowley so much, why wouldn't you, like, put out the best product of it? I don't know. I think because
0: people don't. I mean, he has such a legacy outside of Toth that maybe they just don't. It's like a lesser project of his than other stuff that they want to do. I don't know. Maybe they're too busy fucking in groups. Just kidding. I think that sounds fun. <laughs> that part I'm down for. It's the not yeah, giving sure. their IP to us for our book that
1: I'm, not, <laughs> that I'm not. That I'm not for.
0: Well, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> it's complicated feelings. Exactly. I'm like, who cares? I don't need Crowley's approval. It's. <laughs> I know exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, what version do you have? I have the AG Mueller smaller version. Oh, perfect. And I I bought that one. I think because there was like a controversy with like the intellectual property, and the AG Mueller was the one that was a little bit like had a little bit better cardstock or had the original Mm. copy like right agreement. And then the OTO kind of went behind someone's back and sold it to somebody else. I feel like that was the case. Don't don't. This is alleged. Yeah, we don't
0: know what we're talking about. This is absolutely not. not. (laughs)
1: <laughs> this is all Yeah, exactly It's not printed anywhere But this is alleged If I remember yeah. correctly From when I researched stuff So That's why I bought it The A.G. Mueller, Mueller version
0: I love that Okay, so what was your favorite fact That we got to include In the book about this <sighs> deck?
1: Um I think The letters were really bomb So cool <laughs> Why do we keep saying God damn it, Esther? <laughs>
0: Sorry. And also, that's like a double pun, I double know. reference, because both I, I keep saying that you keep saying and
1: it. also it was drawn during They're the bombs. Blitz of London. I know. Sorry. Um Because like the f- I think the fact that <laughs> she was fucking paying him. I know. To do this deck. Yeah. I know. He didn't do anything. Allegedly, he was taking drugs, writing things out, and then it would change his mind later.
0: Yeah, so that's the interesting thing about the letters is that there's all these moments where she'll be like, I've changed this for the third time, which to me is so <laughs> passive-aggressive. Like, dude, stop making me uh, change this. Like, it's very clear that she's like, yeah, I get it. And now it's changed again.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, but I think the audacity of having an artist pay you to and that's why I believe that she approached him about the deck Yeah, is because that's, that's how invested she was in this project. Yeah, that's how invested she was in him. Yeah, it was clearly something that she
0: loved and wanted to do, which yes. I think is a huge component of it. So my favorite fact is not so much a fact, but a paragraph. Oh, but I'm just going to read directly okay. from our book because it okay. makes me laugh. So fucking hard every single time. Okay, I okay. See it. okay. Okay, it's not okay. Jesus Chutney, though. We do okay. have a game where you can choose a condiment <laughs> and a religious figure for your pen name, which I think everyone should do. Yes. Um I'm gonna go with
1: um Brown sauce Patrick. <laughs> okay, okay. I I would probably be something like Nicodemus Pate. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the condiment's the last one. Okay, last I'm, one,
0: yeah. I'm Patrick Brown sauce. <laughs> Brown sauce is my favorite (laughs) condiment, and I have to order it from like specialty shops. Oh my gosh! Available in the UK. Okay, so this is part of the section about synthetic projective geometry, which is one of the formats that she used for her art creation. um, That makes it so angular and like you know um, futuristic, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So. We say synthetic projective geometry, an axonomical approach to projective geometry doesn't require projective space to be defined over an algebraically closed ground field or even a field at all. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you or those of us who did not understand that description at all, synthetic ge- geometry is a way to project how shapes intersect and coexist with each other, especially three-dimensional shapes drawn on two di- two dimensional model In art. It's a way to play with perspective and draw attention to certain things that may otherwise be lost in the background. <laughs> In parentheses, mathematicians, we truly do not want to hear from you about this.
1: because I remember writing that paragraph about synthetic geometry and I'm like how the fuck am I gonna write like what this is so I just put like some science thing yeah and then I come back and Holly's put like like an (laughs) explanation like wait what here's the explanation and then mathematicians we don't want to hear hear from you you. (laughs) and I still crack up with that because I'm like we absolutely do not care and also this is why us being co
0: authors together is so great because we actually did explain it in my opinion as well as one could yes yes
1: and angels were like, we don't want to hear it. I'm sorry. No. We don't want to hear it. We do, we do not care we explained it as best as lay people could. Exactly. Mathematicians, you can do a YouTube video explaining it further if you want right. to. And if you look at the cards,
0: you can, in a lot of cards, see what that means. Yes. Even yes. though it's a complicated process. Like the tower card, for example, there are all of these lines that are forcing perspective towards the eye at the top of the screen. Yes. Er, top of the screen. What the hell? <laughs> top of the page. So, like, there is the tower in the foreground, but because of this geometry, you're looking at this sort of, like, overarching eye at the top that's kind of responsible for the tower falling. And there are all of these sorts of, like, like linear geometric things that make your focus go into a specific area. And that's the part that we hypothesize Lady Frida did without his context. Because his focus in his letters is colors and maybe, like, where things are placed
1: she mm-hmm. created the focuses by using her own well, art she- style. Well, this was a passion of hers before she met him. She'd been doing this for 10 years before she made the deck. So she, yeah, she had been already doing this and she was taking classes from the people who wrote the books themselves. Like she was just not, she wasn't just like going to library and studying. She was taking physical classes with people and discussing things with them. So
0: this is like maybe part of a larger problem. And I'm sure that anyone who's like a British history historian would be able to uh, give me more information about this. But It's interesting because the creators of this whole geometry thing, not geometry, but this whole geometrical (laughs) principle were a man and a woman. Yes. And it seems like in World War II, the women also were like very much in sort of the intellectual stuff as much as they could be. Mm -hmm. But then there's sort of like this backlash again. And I know there was in the United States, too. There's a backlash against these independent women who are holding down the home front at home. And suddenly the 50s housewife is the ideal where they're not leaving the home. They're definitely not engaging in intellectual pursuits in the same way. Right. It's like the sort of cultural swing back towards conservatism that happens mm-hmm. right after World War II. So it's so interesting to see the 60 year old woman who could have so easily fallen into this sort of idea of like, Just a socialite or whatever. But retiring to the countryside or something. Exactly. Instead, she was like participating in really interesting, like metaphysical and mathematician, mathematical things Mm -hmm. in the company of other really smart women. And I think that maybe what it ultimately comes back down to for me is the idea that comes back in romance so much where like historical romance where women are plucky and like whatever have jobs and shit are inherently unrealistic because Uh there's no way that that was happening. But there were women who were doing really cool stuff, bucking the trend of like what patriarchy expected from them so much throughout history. Yeah. And it's kind of a bummer that like her name is less known in the context of this really important deck to tarot history Mm -hmm. because the man who's a little bit more of a wacky character gets the billing rather than her who was like doing all the work and like so interested and involved so passionate about so passionate about this yeah made so much of it and then her name is basically like second or forgotten completely yeah yeah I have so many feelings about it. I know. The deck was finished uh, in like 1941 or whatever, 1941, 42, like during the, during the actual war itself. So nothing got published for a while. Yeah. Where's that section? Oh, she did a. Oh, so this is one of the reasons that they broke, although they ended up being friends again before he died. She did a soft publishing during the war too. In 1944, she did a soft publishing. She found a publisher printed a couple hundred decks and sort of published it on her own. Um, Because she had all the artwork and she like was not hearing back from him. So she just made this decision. He, but it was also, um, uh, so the first one is the one that was sort of like self-published. There were also a lot of like uncolored versions or partial versions or whatever. The actual full tarot deck with all color and all images wasn't published until 1969. So it was like kind of as other decks were already being put out there, they were like, right. oh, we have this death from Aleister Crowley, this deck from Aleister Crowley, we should do that also. And so then right. they sort of compiled everything. And they used a lot of the images, like Esther was saying, from those earlier decks to do that. Yeah. So it isn't
1: like the actual art has been created into a You're deck. Right. They haven't it's like, like yeah. images of
0: previous decks.
1: Yeah. Like they. What the process, from what Iers under- my understanding is, is that they had the pictures. They took a picture of the painting, mm-hmm. and then they used that photograph as the card. Essentially, they didn't scan it anywhere because, like Morgan Greer, they did like a scanning process and did the coloring through that, like sort of thing. It wasn't like a f- picture. This is like a picture yeah. itself. Yeah. So. There's not a vibrancy or clarity there that there could be.
0: Yeah, it could be better, for sure. Um, But that's that's Toth. Do we have anything else we want to talk about or say about Toth? Do you have f- a favorite card that you can come up with off the top of your head? Because I think uh, that mine is the Magician.
1: I really love the Pentacles um, court cards. Yeah. All the Pentacles court cards are like... Those to me kind of like stand out like all the court cards sort of to me kind of stand out as spectacular because of the elemental associations and how she was able to um, magnify what his thought process was like, you know. The, basically the king of wands was renamed the knight of wands and how the knights are always fire and the wands are fire and so yeah. she amplified that itself well, and yeah, so yeah, totally. but like the queen of discs here the queen of pentacles so pretty is and just so beautiful like Rudy looking yes. Like- I love it, and because the, the queens all represent water and the discs represent earth, so there's like there's blues and greens like with water, but there's also these earthy sort of elements yeah. to it as well. So I just really love those, and then the dancing death card because that's hilarious. He I love just him looks so like much. he's having
0: a fucking blast.
1: I love him so.
0: So that is yeah. actually one thing that we didn't talk about. The Toth deck does follow kind of like a different structure than the RWS yes. deck, so it is very unique in that way. There's a lot of renaming and kind of reassignment of things, which is part of the reason why Aleister Crowley becomes so important with this deck is that like you can't use this
1: deck without his writings, really, because stuff has changed.
0: I mean, you don't need his writings, but you need to understand his definitions.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, sort of like the the understanding behind what her artistic expressions are. Not that he specifically like there are certain elements he dictated, but it sort of it sort of helps. Yeah. You understand the viewpoint. Like the Aeon is the judgment card. Well, why is Aeon? What is an Aeon? And we explain that in the book what it kind of means. But, you know, you're not going to be able to just kind of like you can look at the R ring kind of like, OK, Aeon, I know what an Aeon is, but, you know, you kind of have to understand his viewpoint to understand fully what that Aeon card Exactly indicates. what it actually
0: means. Yeah. So go find yourself a cheap used copy of Toth. I mean, yeah.
1: Check thrift stores. Yeah. There, there are bookstores.
0: So many sold over the years. You do not need to buy a new one. You're welcome to, of course. It's, you don't have to hold on to our grudge. Yeah. But you can if you want to. <laughs> but,
1: yeah, exactly. We're not going to judge
0: you either way. But- exactly. I think, like, for Lady Frida, I don't know. I just want to know so much more about her. I want to read I know. I need to read more of her letters that aren't, like,
1: Crowley specific. Well, she just seems, that- like, such a cool person. Well, her son was, like... A politician I want to say like in New Zealand or Australia and I think he wrote a book like a memoir about her no he wrote it about himself but he include like early childhood stories of of, what uh, of his mom like. yeah so I like I'd be interested in that I feel but I feel like he was like a politician like they also had a kid
0: or her, her one of her sons had no maybe this is who you're talking about one of her children had a child that was put up for adoption and then he found out somehow oh. like way more like in the 90s that he was related oh. to the Harrises.
1: Oh, I did not realize
0: that. Yeah, Allegedly. there's a lot of stuff that doesn't know. I think that that's actually true. <laughs> okay, But okay. there's a lot of stuff that, that we just didn't have space for in the book. But right, right. I just think that she's a really interesting character. And I'm sure she was problematic because obviously she thought that Aleister Crowley was the bee's knees. so She had her flaws. Yeah. But I am just so interested in this woman. And like, you know, the life that you lead where you get to your 60s and you're, like, just... You're still, like, learning, and you're still wanting to, like, learn this yeah. shit. Yeah, and I mean, then I think about my parents who are in their 60s and are always still learning and doing stuff, Yeah, too. But at the same time, I just... Maybe it's because I feel so exhausted. Currently. I know. I'm like... I know, yeah. Like, can I'm you like, imagine having the
1: time for that? I know. What? Like, like geometry? Like, sacred geometry doesn't get into my brain, let alone synthetic geometry. I know. What are we talking it's just about? so
0: cool. So, I <laughs> yeah. just... I feel, like, really... Proud of us for being able to tell her story and really yes. proud of her for doing this cool thing with this guy who's a pain in the
1: ass. Yeah, us. it's it's seriously one of like in starting the rough draft of the chapter, like I literally said to Crowley audibly, get out of my brain. This is You're not, not welcome here. You. It's yeah. not about you. And then after that, there was like a release sort of thing where yeah. I could like get past that. But be, I'm really proud of this chapter because. Lady Frida kind of gets her stage moment. Exactly.
0: Yeah. We got to do so much with her, which is. Really yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah.
0: Well, that's our show. Thank you so yeah. much for listening. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do that. And we would appreciate it at patreon.com slash wildly tarot podcast. Uh, and also you can find more information at our website, wildly including a place to pre-order our book, uh, which we would really majorly appreciate. We're so excited about this thing. So proud yeah. of it. It's just like going to be great. If you pre-order it and then submit a form on the publisher's website, you can get a zine that has spreads that are inspired by all of these decks that we talk about in our book.
1: Yeah. And that's where our shop is. And you can mm-hmm. ask us
0: questions there.
1: Yeah. And rate review us wherever you get to listen to your podcast because we really appreciate your five-star reviews. If you're an Alistair Crowley is... fan, just keep on walking by. It's okay. I mean, seriously,
0: if you're an Alistair Crowley fan we, and you think that we did him wrong, we don't want to hear it.
1: Yeah, Just like mathematicians, just, just yeah. leave it. It's fine.
0: <laughs> and also, again, just another shout out for that last podcast on the Left series. I think series? there's three episodes yes. about it. And yeah. it doesn't talk about the deck at all. It doesn't talk no. about Lady Frida at all. It's just about him. And it's a really well done, well researched. deep dive. Yeah, yeah, deep dive into him. And I think that it's a great place to start if you're like, wow, they seem to really hate this guy. Well, Go <laughs> listen to that and then get a yeah. sense
1: of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And go forth and tarot wildly. We love you so much. We love you so much. (laughs) Thank you for listening (laughs) to us
0: rant. (laughs) Ah!